It's the one place in all of the internet where you'll find four guys talking pro wrestling way too seriously. Glenn Clark, Aaron Oster, Brandon Linton, and AJ Francis. This is Jobbing Out. What's up? This is the loneliest what's up in the history of jobbing out. It's fitting, I think. Is it, though? Is it fitting? Is that what it is? Uh, welcome into episode number 24 and counting. Here's what I'll do, Brandon, since it's just you. You file three guesses. If you don't get it, I'm not going to tell you. I'll wait, and whenever Aaron checks in, I'll... I'll revisit it then. Twenty-four and counting. Can I ask for a hint first? Is it is it wrestling related? Uh, you gotta squint. Okay. So, um, oh man, I'm not gonna get this. Eh, <laughs> probably not. How about we at least get one guess and then we'll All move right. on. Um, I will say twenty-four is the number of. It's 24 and counting. Oh, 24 and counting. 24 and episode number 24 and counting of Jobbing Out. Um, the number of minutes Aaron's going to be late? I well, don't... no, I don't think that's the case. I guess I can just tell you because I can always play the yeah, same game with Aaron, it. right? Yeah. Um, it's the number of texts it took us to coordinate oh. the time <laughs> that we would record the show. And we still have exactly two of us. And we're going to record like... A third of the show. And there might be a guest where we'll do that. So the number is going to go up from 24. Like, it's going to end up being significantly more than 24 by the time it's all said and done that it took to get this show. Boy, I hope both of you that listen, uh, you are appreciative of our efforts. I hope Ben Nash and Brian Powell, you are both very appreciative of all the effort we put into making this possible. I'm Glenn Clark. He's Brandon Linton. Brandon apparently is, when he's not busy being an influencer at Coachella, he's gallivanting away to do something else. So he can't, we had to rearrange the entire schedule for him, which was nice because then when we called, he totally answered on the first call. It was the, that was the good part. <laughs> what, what, what's, uh, so I guess because of that, I'm going to just put it to you. What do you care about from this week? And keep in mind, I have not, watched nxt yet and nobody has been able to watch aw yet because it hasn't happened so raw and smackdown what do you care about i care about raw and smackdown wow um i really like the way that like okay so we complained that we've had no roman reigns we don't know the direction for roman uh, yeah reigns. it was it was great that after we complained about that he was definitely right back into the mix right well no hold on so I think that if you are going to do this, like they clearly for some reason are hard vamping on Roman Reigns, right? If you're going to do it, the way they did it Friday is the way to do it, right? Like the the past whatever, however many shows that he just literally isn't mentioned or on it at all, that's weird. But I think at least if you were giving us some things like this, like again, it's not good for him to not be involved in a real way but if you have to do something like that to get somewhere if you have to get through shows because you don't know what to do with them which is an entirely different problem but if you have that problem what they did friday is is 
preferred where he's involved. They're, t- they're, t- they're telling sort of a story. You have Sammy, anytime you have Sammy Zayn talking to Roman Reigns, I think that's interesting. I think that the way that they're, you know, they're obviously doing something here where it feels like the either there's going to be a story point to cause the Usos to win or the story point is going to be the Usos losing. So at least it feels like they're trying to make that matter in a storyline way. And it maybe will shade it a little bit from what we know we're getting, which is one tag team title, one world title for a little while. So like I'm giving them the morsel, the smallest morsel of credit for at least trying to make it interesting because the week before it was just, well, we have a champion that's the champion of both shows and he's nowhere to be found and we don't know what he's going to do. And it certainly doesn't feel like he's going to be on the pay-per-view, even though people are saying internally he will be. So I'll say that I did like that whole piece of business they did with at least trying to make this tag team situation feel important to the bigger picture of the storyline of the bloodline. Um, it, it sounds like you're saying, Hey, I lost a leg, but I could have lost an arm too. Um, I know, I like, know. <laughs> like it, it ain't, it ain't good. And again, it, it just brings up more questions to me. Like, what are you doing? Well, I think the bigger picture is we had to talk about something. <laughs> so I, I hear you, man, that's the but thing I picked. <laughs> it is really diff. Like dealing with this is really difficult. Um, so the, like, there's a few different questions. Did they tape that segment there on Friday night? Did they tape it? Say, is is for some reason Roman Reigns only working Saturdays and Sundays for a little while and won't show up somewhere on a Friday night? Did they tape it the previous Sunday when he was at a house show? Like, I I don't know if you know this, but he was watching the match. Right, he was stage. watching. I heard. Yes, <laughs> no, my kids kept telling me that Roman Reigns is watching the match. He's really interested. I. <laughs> I can't figure out for the life of me. I cannot remember what made us think that we were wise and we'd never compromise. But beyond that, I can't figure out <laughs> what is going on. Like, this is, it, it almost feels like I'm being punked. Like, Ashton Kutcher is going to jump out at some point. Like, ha we had Roman Reigns all along, but we weren't going to give him to you because F you. Like, what is this? What is going on? It Like, I, I have to hope that they taped it somewhere else, but it doesn't make sense. It I'm does- trying to see if he was in the dark match or something that night. Uh, no, um, he was in matches on Saturday and Sunday again this week. He was not involved in a match. At so the they, taping. so they had to have taped that somewhere. I, uh, I, how I, insane would it be if they, if that was really live? But that's the part. Well, I don't think it would be live. But like, even if it was taped that day, if he right. was there in town for SmackDown, <laughs> right, right. and they were like, "Yeah, I tell you what, we're gonna do, we're gonna have you backstage," but that's <laughs> it. <laughs> Like am I am I going I'm I I'm telling you, dude. This is becoming one of the most befuddling, and it's more befuddling because no one is talking about it. It should be the lead story in every single one of these websites every day. Where is Roman Reigns? But nobody is talking about it. It's just like ah, you know, they don't really need him. Like, like what do you mean? Where's Roman Reigns? He's 
it's fine. Everything's fine. What are you talking about? Like, I I feel like I'm going insane. I feel like I'm being gaslit right now. The you gave the champion of both shows a month off. Here, take this other belt now. Hey, get out of here, you scamp. Like, what is going on? And why? I feel like Kevin Owens right now. I got to be honest with you. I feel like Kevin Owens dealing with the Ezekiel situation. Why am I being lied to? What is happening here? And again, in the end, it might not be. It might be that by the time we get to the pay-per-view, Roman Reigns is back, and this will never be addressed, and we'll never know why it was that they purposefully decided to have one singular star of their company and then not put him on television. But by the way, we might have a bigger problem than that. In in, in the, well, not a bigger problem than that, but in an accentuation of that problem, considering what we talked about the previous two weeks and what where we think the the most logical way forward is. There was a report that again, I'd have to go back and source this report because I don't know if someone just watched the show and they're dumb or if this is a real report. There is a report out there that they're pulling the trigger on Drew McIntyre being the opponent at this next show. And you cannot do that. That's nuts. You cannot. And and, unless it's literally a segment and that's and, and I don't even want them to do that. But like if you're going to do Drew McIntyre. At WrestleMania Backlash, it has to be like an immediate bullshit, you know, an immediate swerve, an immediate, yes, he gets killed. You know, it it, it cannot be a real match. You cannot have them wrestle a real match with a real ending. And I don't even want like a 20 minute match with the cheating ending. But but who, so who, who was reporting that? And they were they basing that only on the fact that that's who I'm trying to look it up. That's what I'm saying. If you watch the show and said that, that's just you saying that. Right. But but no, that's who he's working with on house shows. Like that's, 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 yeah. So that, that's what the match has been. So like, is it, is it possible? Of course, of course it's possible, but I didn't. And they sort of like, they sort of tried to start interweaving those storylines on Friday a little bit. They didn't. Well, in that you're saying that Sami Zayn is interacting with the bloodline and Drew right. McIntyre's interacting with Sami Zayn, so Correct. it works out. Like, I I guess. But, 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 but you we need way more than that. I well, mean, it's got to be. And it's, it's, and it's. The pay per views in two weeks. It's also. It's not even just the, the pay per views in two weeks. It's that it's terrible timing. Going back to what we talked about with Drew McIntyre being the only legitimate. Like guy in the company right now that we could see you could viably have ultimately dethrone Roman Reigns, you're sure as f not going to do that at WrestleMania Backlash. If your point is, well, yeah, but we might do it at SummerSlam, and so we can we can throw off, a, we can do this now, and it really is just setting up, you know, future matches. Like that, that's really all it was. You know, I, I, I don't know. Let me see. This might have added Aaron. Aaron might be on the call now. You there? No. All right. Good times. Oh, maybe he is. <laughs> I thought he was there. I thought he was there too for a second. I thought. Oh. Oh. Hello. There he is. Aaron's. Uh, he's turning his microphone. I'm on. right here. There he is. It's Aaron Oster. You might have heard of him. Probably not. But you know. Um. We're talking about two things, Aaron. We're talking about the fact that it's another week of gaslighting related to Roman Reigns. Another week of hey, here he is in the backstage. Everything's fine. He definitely hasn't been kidnapped. Look, he's holding up a newspaper but yet still not being on actual television or coming out to a crowd, so we assume that means the segment had to be taped at one of the house shows that he appeared at. 
Um, that making continued, no sense. It, it's the strangest thing that's ever happened, and nobody's really talking about it. And now Brandon's saying he's read somewhere that, that there's a thought that Drew McIntyre might be the opponent for back for uh, pay, WrestleMania pay backlash. But but I also said I didn't I can't remember if it was a credible report. It, it well it doesn't matter been... it doesn't matter if it's a credible report or not. If you're just going by what we've seen, that seems to be as logical as any choice that Well, you can Drew only McIntyre... but you can only base that on the idea that there's nothing logical. Like you're only basing that on right. the idea that there's like this 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 sort of second, there's a, a second step here right. that that um, Sami Zayn's gone to the bloodline and Drew McIntyre's working with Sami Zayn, and so, hey, you know, you can just tie those things together. It's definitely not more logical than doing the Shinsuke Nakamura match that you literally set up. Well, I was just going to say, I can tell you who it's not yeah. based on Friday. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> He's just randomly there. You know, oh. like, I've come around on the idea that if they somehow made Drew McIntyre versus Sami Zayn as a number one contender match, I would almost go for it. Other than the fact that, like, you just put both titles on this guy and to not have a title match the pay-per-view after that would be really, really stupid. Plus the fact that if we still think that it's the UK thing, it's really, I'm not going to say it's impossible. I think it would be a little but they bad. just I mean, they certainly just dragged out Brock Lesnar for four pay-per-view cycles. Yeah, so yeah that's, fair. It's, that's fair. It's not like they couldn't do it. They, right. they, of course, could. The difference being that, like, dragging out Brock Lesnar for four pay-per-view cycles involved there being another championship. Right. Uh, and, so... and the fact that, you know, like, I, you know, it, it, again, it would be starting at, like, Hell in a Cell, or at least that would be early in it, and that's all messy and everything. Basically, it's all messy. It's all bad. It's, I don't want to say unsalvageable, but it's really, really stupid. Uh, yeah, it's really, really stupid. There's no question about that. It's really, really stupid. Now, could you could it be a tease? Could it be a Drew McIntyre at backlash? Sorry, WrestleMania paybacklash. Gotta make sure I get that right. That's very disrespectful of me, and I'm so sorry. Absolutely. They deserve be- they deserve better than that. What, what's wrong with you? I know. I'm sorry. So it's Drew McIntyre at WrestleMania Paybacklash. As Brandon points out, um, the Usos, Sami Zayn, everybody is involved in absolutely murdering Drew McIntyre. And now Drew McIntyre gets his approved vacation where he only works on Saturdays and Sundays and nobody <laughs> talks about it for a little while. And then you revisit Drew McIntyre come SummerSlam time or you know he just sort of shows up at Money in the Bank and we haven't seen him for a little while wins money in the bank and then announces that he's doing the UK show and then I, I don't know, does something with Sami Zayn at SummerSlam in order to get you through to when he's the number one contender for the UK show in order to do it. Could it be done? Uh, yeah, there's a way to do it. Does it all feel kind of forced? Absolutely feels kind of forced. But I almost would sort of describe the company as kind of forced at the <laughs> moment. <laughs> it's it's just I mean, I know what the answer to this is, but if you didn't have a plan going forward, why would you put both belts on one guy? And I know the answer is because they weren't thinking about the future. They don't care. You know, all the, all those things, but you know, it's a question that has to be asked. I mean, I, 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 sure. Now what's the answer? (laughs) I mean, like that's, it's where we are. Um, they have, I noticed that, you know, Brandon, you brought up SmackDown in a weird way. I thought the first segment of Raw was really good and really functional, um, and and then the show kind of was a big letdown the the rest of the way. 
because you realize like that's it. Everything you saw there, that's about it. And I say it's a big letdown. I obviously you got Becky Lynch and Asuka, and that's cool. So I take yes. let me separate from that, right? You got Becky Lynch and Asuka. So separated from from what you saw in the first segment, you had that, and then you had a lot of nothing otherwise. And and that was what stood out to me is you had this first segment where we're putting everything on the table. And when they put everything on the table, it's like that famous clip from the SmackDown all those years ago where everybody runs in, right? Like, it's, uh, here's The Undertaker, now here's Kurt Angle, here's The Rock. Like, it's just one after one after one. And and they put everything on the table there in the first segment. And so it made it feel like a functional, quality, professional wrestling first segment until they took the commercial break and you were like, oh, oh, it's just that. <laughs> like, that's it. That's what they've got. That's what the next three hours are going to be is just various offshoots of that and other crap we don't care about. And that's what kind of stood out for me in why it is that things feel forced and why they might just feel the need to go pivot right to Drew McIntyre versus Roman Reigns is they always have to answer to something. Like they're constantly having to say like, what's this number What's this? Are tickets sold to this thing? Blah, 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 blah. And they just don't have anything else to go to. Like, this this is it. They've got Drew McIntyre and they've got Roman Reigns. What else do they have if Brock Lesnar is gone and the men's side of things? Like, right. if Brock Lesnar is gone, they've got Cody Rhodes, sure. I mean, like, they, that's fine, but we're anointing Cody Rhodes immediately as being that guy. It's not, there's just not a lot there that it, they're, they're trying to force. Mustafa Ali's return as being a really big deal. And don't get me wrong, I like Mustafa Ali just fine, but it ain't a big deal. Like, it's not. Not based on the work well, they've well, done. Well, while it's not a big deal, it did feel better than I thought it would be. I, I, these are two different conversations. Yeah. They, they, I, I hope they're going to treat Mustafa Ali as a thing. I hope that he's going to have a good run. I don't think it was a bad segment. I think it was a good functional segment. But there's so little, they want you to believe that um, the artist formerly known as Austin Theory is a big deal. He's not in any way. They haven't made him a big deal at all, as evidenced by the fact that he had to job to the guy that had to job to the guy that had to job to another guy (laughs) at WrestleMania. They don't think he's a big deal, but yet in three weeks, they're asking you to think he's a big deal because they have so little that is certifiably a big deal. That's what they're up against. So the answer might just be, for the foreseeable future, it's the biggest star we have versus the biggest star we have, so that at least on every card it feels like we've got something. At least when we go to Providence, Rhode Island, it feels like there's a there there, because the depth ain't the answer any longer. You know, it was funny, and it ended up being a, a good segment and everything, but as soon as I saw that Raw was built around the 20th anniversary of Randy Orton's debut, I was like, oh, God, they have nothing. They just don't know what to do. They're, they're <laughs> going to find reasons to try to make this special. And again, the segment itself was was good. It was fine, and I'm not saying Randy Orton doesn't deserve a segment like that, but as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, they're just going to try to turn anything into into something to try to get a something going here for Raw. And then you get the Super Friends uh, house show main event. <laughs> yeah, which is just it's the same thing we already did, but this is what we got. This is it. This is the list of things we have, um, which in a way is a shame 
because I would have liked them to explore Randy Orton and Cody Rhodes a little bit more, right? Like I would have right. liked everyone was kind of expecting that something there, right? Like there to be something, and there just wasn't. And I get it; you can sort of leave that and maybe revisit it if you're planning on blowing off Randy Orton. I, my God, who knows when they're planning on blowing off Randy Orton and Riddle at this point? <laughs> my, I, my wife, so my wife, a lot of times watches Raw before me because I'm at work, and she texts me and says, "They're not about to break up." RK, like uh, RK bro, are they? Because she's convinced after that segment. Oh my god, that segment was just telegraphing it, and she's probably right. I mean, I don't think so at all. I, I feel like, I feel like they've decided that this is making money, and they don't know what else to do with it, so they're just gonna ride it out for now. They're creating new merchandise. Like I don't, at the same time, you had Randy Orton say, "You're, you know, the best partner I've had here. You're, I'm having more fun with you than anybody else." When but that, that was not- real. That's what I, I understand been saying in real it's interviews. Real. I understand it's real, but for him to say that on TV, right? Wrestling wise, it almost requires. Yeah, Aaron's not yourself. wrong. Like that's the, true. I mean, that is that is the trope. The the wrestling trope is you do that right before you're about to turn. And again, we all. I think most of us assume that if they're going to have one team win this match, it's going to be the Usos because. You know, I mean, like the company. We, we got to consolidate things even further. Correct. So the, that, the only answer would be unless that's a story point in that story, right? Like if they're losing, yes, but like they've already been losing. So like in theory, in the wrestling trope world, they're going to win the match that matters yes. because they've been losing every other week. So once they do that and once they don't have the belts anymore, I guess it would make sense to do the RK bro split then, but. You know, you're months away from WrestleMania, so are you using the RK bro split at Hell in a Cell? Like, I'm okay with it be, again because it would feel worthy of Hell in a Cell, but I, I mean, I guess if that's the answer, then you're doing that and then you're clearing it out so that you can explore Randy Orton and Cody Rhodes at, at SummerSlam. Like, I mean, sure, it's, it's pretty good. I guess I can't be all that mad about it. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's a pretty good SummerSlam match. Um, Ah, crap. I just talked myself into it. Look, nothing matters. What are we doing? No, none of this matters. <laughs> just do well, whatever. I mean, we thought, we thought we were doing Randy Orton versus Riddle at SummerSlam last year. I so. hear you. I hear you. It just keeps it just keeps moving. It just keeps going right along. All right. Uh, specifically, what else from Raw and SmackDown, Aaron? We, we don't have a lot of time here. I already gave. Oh, by the way, Aaron, um, I, I did want you to guess. This is episode number 24 and counting of Jobbing Out. Do you have a guess for that? 24 and counting. Uh-huh. 24 and counting. Anything at that all. Does, any, it doesn't have anything to do with the draft, I don't any, think. Any guess at all will do. Uh, till till your party starts at Maryland Live. No, I, oh, you're doing hours. No, 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 no. This is the, uh, the number of texts it's taken us to coordinate doing a show this week. Oh. <laughs> 24 and counting, because we're only doing a little bit of the show this time around. Um... Yeah. So, by the way, do we have a guest on the show this week? Uh, maybe. All right. Yep. <laughs> That's called the big tease. <laughs> All you up and coming radio guys. That's how you do it. You call it the big tease. Um. Anyway, so anything else that we care about specifically? You know what, Brandon, I'll let you focus because you're the one that won't be able to do any more of the show this week. What else do you want to talk about from Raw and SmackDown? It was great to see Oscar back. Uh, awesome. tremendous, tremendous segment. Tremendous. Yeah. 
Everything about it was tremendous. And a, and a good functional way to use both of them for a little while. While I mean, who would have thought another a, a woman's feud that has nothing to do with the belt? I can't believe yeah. it. Tre- I it's can't tremendous, believe actually. it. Yeah. And, and by the way, Becky's new look makes her such a better heel. Oh, everything about that segment was tremendous, in my opinion. I mean, Oscar, I could be a little nitpicky about Oscar, maybe, about, you know, I don't know if we need to dance around so much. Disagree. Wholeheartedly disagree. That's what Oscar is. That's like, that's, that's. You're, That's why she was, it was the. Uh, but it was twisting the nail, or it was twisting the the screw into Becky, right? Like you're already standing there dejected, and this person's dancing around and happy, like. So I, you know, but I, I, I. Whatever. But but we we'll want that don't forward don't we I was, don't I was gonna say that's what that's what made Oscar the MVP of the oh yeah. right but she just started screaming in Japanese and yeah and and dancing around and everything else when she was the MVP of the performance center well, and, shows and and True. let's and I mean we have to talk about it like you kind of have to do that stuff with Oscar because she doesn't speak the language very well she can't do right. longer right. promos she can't do back and forth segments on the mic she has to do her work via that character type of stuff. So all of the above, not, not only do I disagree, I thought it was wonderful. I I don't think you can do an Asuka segment without that type of stuff. I think it's necessary for the Asuka character to work. Well, especially at, at the end. like It's one thing if she was just dancing around and Becky backed away or something like that. I could see that being a little off. But the fact that she did snap into the "oh yeah, I still can kill you" mode yeah, at yeah. the very end made right, it perfect. Right. No, I I completely agree. I thought it was I thought it was spectacular. It, um. But yeah. So I I think getting that match is going to be really important for their depth in their card <laughs> because, like you said, they're not great about booking women's storylines that matter with no title. And so I mean, how can you matter more than Becky versus Asuka. I mean, that immediately, if we're assuming that's on pay backlash, that's... It's the main event, right? <laughs> like, it, it's probably the most important match on the card. Well, I mean, it, it, look, if we're getting Roman Drew, no, but, like, I hear you. Right, I but mean, here's the thing. If we're getting, if we're getting Roman yeah. Drew at this point, I'm going in fully expecting that it's a bit yeah, of a nothing of a match yeah, just to move on. All yeah. right, I hear you. I hear you on that. All right, what else, Brandon? Um... If we're talking Raw and SmackDown, uh, the Tommaso Ciampa bit was a little weird, um, um, but I I actually prefer it to what I what could have been. Like I kind of like him as a heel, I guess. I but I particularly like it if both that and the Rhea segment are setting up for Edge's like power brood, because yeah. if I'm being totally honest. The Edge Damian Priest thing has gone flat quick. Yes. It's it's just not interesting. And in a way has made it less powerful that Edge is part of the show. And I think that particularly stands out because, as I talked about, you have so little that at least when Edge was coming out in the past, it felt big. This doesn't feel big. But if this is a delayed setup for the Edge AJ Styles match at WrestleMania Pay Backlash, uh, that do we have to say trademark when we say that? I don't know. Um, Registered. Yeah. If if that's what it's setting up for, is that you're also going to have Tommaso Ciampa and Rhea Ripley 
now join that new group and they're going to be more dominant and more powerful, that becomes interesting. Now, where it goes from there, especially on a show that doesn't have a championship, I don't know, right? And that's what I worry about. But they become more interesting if you add those two to the fold than I think they are right now, which quickly, I got to be honest with you, I'm already kind of not interested in. Well, yeah, I agree. And also, I, and again, maybe you guys can help me. Maybe I'm just not getting what they're going for here. But like my my automatic reaction to sorry, mm. <laughs> that was bizarre. Mm. My automatic reaction to these past couple of weeks is that I don't think Edge talking so much is like helping this. Like it feels like he's trying to be like jokester talky Edge, and that's like it. And again, unless I'm missing what they're going for here. To me, that was like the opposite of what this should be. Like, isn't this supposed to be like sinister, dark, scary, like we have powers kind of thing? And then you have him like cracking jokes. I just don't know if that is the and and it, honestly, maybe maybe I'm picking it apart too closely. Maybe the problem is he's just talking too much in general, full stop. And it doesn't have to be about what he's saying. It's just the fact that he's talking so much. That maybe, I, I don't know, it just takes me out of whatever they're trying to do. It feels like forcing well, right, long it, edge segments. Yeah, it, like, doesn't, it doesn't feel evil. It doesn't feel sinister. It, he doesn't have magic powers unless he suddenly can control the lights now. Like, uh, which is a thing, like, that's, that's the funny thing about this. Like, if they wanted to say this is the brood, well, the brood actually did, like, super sinister things. Plus, we have 25 years of edge now to show... Nah, he doesn't really have magic powers. He's well, not that's an evil not, sorcerer. That's, that's not true. He can choose when he wants to use his powers, Aaron. I, I feel like... Clearly. Yes. <laughs> by, by the way, I also just remembered uh, the thing that bothered me, I think, the most, uh, specifically. Like, I don't think this character is the one that's making cracks about the sports team of the town that you're in. Right? Like, that's like The Miz. Like, The Miz can do that. And by the way, they did that all night, and it's like a little bit much. <laughs> In general, like the show did it entirely too much, but like Edge, I don't think this Edge character needs to be cracking jokes about the University of Tennessee or whatever. Yeah, you know I what I mean? No, like, I don't. I don't think that's what this character is supposed to be. I I agree with you. That's not that's not what I think this character is supposed to be. And and it, all of it goes to why I just I think it's flat. I think it's flat already, and desperately needs. Uh, frankly, I think it needs Tommaso Ciampa to be its mouthpiece. Um and and just sort of let everybody else be badasses and, and we definitely don't need Damian Priest talking more. Not like the, no, not like know. this. Hundred percent, not like this. No, not at all. <laughs> like I, this, this isn't working. Um, and I'm I'm I think Champa is so good that if Champa, but the, the, again, there's got to be a point. Why are you creating a faction? What is the other other than to say you're a faction? What is the point? Well, there's no championship to go after. Are you making Champa and Damian Priest a tag team? Okay, also, that... they got a they got a name too. Judgment Day. Oh, I didn't even. Is that real? Yeah, that's real. Oh yeah, they they announced it representing Judgment Day. Oh my god, yeah. I didn't even I didn't even catch which, that. Which which I I assume is a nod to that Judgment Day poster, the like the famous Judgment Day oh, uh, pay per view yeah, poster Edge was sitting on. on. Yeah, right, right. Which, which again, not bad, but feels a little overwrought for what we've seen so far. Yeah, I'm gonna not gonna hard, gonna have to agree about that. Um, I I don't know. 
I don't know. I, uh, I hope. I just hope. I, I think that there is a chance for there to get some juice if it involves Champa and Rhea Ripley moving forward. And the steps have been taken with both of them being heels that there would be some logic to that all coming together. But you still got to do the work. And then even once you do the work, you still got to prove that it can actually be cool and not just a forced thing. And and what's the end game there? Because right now, I mean, you're not even have like four big faces you could put together as a super friends team to go against them at the moment. Obviously, you can get there, but um, but that sort know. of feels like AJ Styles, Finn Balor, Mustafa Ali, and someone, right? And yeah. Liv, like oh yeah, if you're going with a, a woman, uh, yeah, yeah like like for for one cycle, sure. But again, like what? Right, that's the point. When I say you have, the, there has to be a point to being a faction. Like that's what I'm talking about. Creating a faction, you have to have a point. So, I don't know what that is. We'll see. But is it? What else do you think they're going to have Tommaso Ciampa do if not this? I mean, he could just be solo heel Champa, which if you give him back his old music, because he can't have super yeah. inspirational nope. everyone surviving. Uh, music if you're going to be this character yeah that that certainly didn't hold up did it nope <laughs> nope I, I have no problem with solo champ if that's what they're doing uh, i don't know man I, I have so little faith in all of it i have so little faith in every layer of it okay what else by the way, did, did you notice that the Street Profits, they went back to, like, their original we're going to recap the show segment? Oh, yeah. What was that? Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a lot of things that had no continuity. They did that. Um, uh, Carmella and Zelina are friends again. Like, just just not going to deal with that plot point at all. Like, just going to say, oh, well, while she was gone, they became buddies again. They're all, they're all good. They made up at the wedding. Yeah, whatever it was. They didn't bother to deal with that. Um, Sonia Deville has the ability to have all of the rules work against her, but she's got her limits, right? If she loses, <laughs> she won't just declare there's going to be another match. <laughs> like the, this is inherently the problem of going this route is you can only do all of this if you're going to have the person win. <laughs> Cause like once you have Sonia Deville literally break all of the rules and lose anyway, you just got to quit then, right? Like, if I can break every rule and have everything go my way and I still can't win, then I can't be in this company. <laughs> That's how dominating Bianca Belair is. But it's just, it's so dumb. Like, you can't do it. There's got to be, at some point, either you have Adam Pierce step in and say no, and you continue to play with the friction between them. You have, for whatever reason... Zelina or Carmella screw Sonya Deville over and say, you know, you didn't do something. Like, there's got to be something to it. You literally just had her break all of the rules just to lose anyway, and then her answer to all of it was, oh, well, I tried. <laughs> like, the F. Like, what is any of that? Come on. Oh, it's so bad. It's so also, bad. Also, why why did that happen on Raw? And is Bianca not on Pay Backlash? I, Yet. I mean, they could Sonya Deville's got all the pay. She could just announce another it's, match. She could just I'll tell you again, what I'll tell you what they're gonna that? do, and it's gonna be really stupid. They're gonna do Sonya Deville, Carmella, and Zelina versus uh Bianca Belair for the title. I, 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 I bet you that's it, what they do. Sounds right. 
Huh? Then you play that. up the friction thing there to help her win because sure. Yep. 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 One hundred percent. They could do all of those things. All right. Anything else we need to cover between Raw and SmackDown? I don't think so, honestly. I don't. I mean, I I hate saying that, but I think you're right. I think that is the reality. Is that that is about? I I, I got to be honest with you. I am even struggling to remember what happened on SmackDown besides the uh, the Roman Reigns, Sami Zayn. Which again, in in theory, I like Sami Zayn interacting with Roman Reigns. I like everything about that. But and by the way, if that's going to start to you know who's the more loyal, who's the more successful, let's say the Usos lose mm-hmm. and it's like, mm-hmm. you know, Sammy says, oh, I can get the job done. They can't. You right. Should, you know, I should be your, you know, people on the left hand if, you're, you know, Paul's the right hand I, man. I, we also have to say, some, like, okay, hang on. I'm going to add three things. One, uh, I have to say something about the fact that that is the most pathetic way to try to get out of a lumberjack match I've ever seen. Do something. I, I kind of liked it, though. No. Sammy. Because it's Sammy. No, no, I mean, I mean in general, have something big occur. They were all out there. They just kind of started fighting with each other for no reason whatsoever. Like, th- there was nothing that, like, I couldn't, in fact, I had to rewatch it four times to make sure I didn't miss something. Like, it went from a normal-ass lumberjack match to Sami Zayn running out of the arena in seconds. Well, they were, not seconds. I mean, it was a, it was like not, it wasn't that short. I mean, it was like 10 minutes, right? The match? I'm telling you, from the moment when the match was just going on and the Lumberjacks were all acting normally and not doing anything to the point at which Sami Zayn was getting out of there was It's because they were beating up Drew McIntyre, right? So then the the faces came to have them not beat up Drew McIntyre. Well, well, first first the Usos came out and took out RK-Bro, right? right? And then then the heels were beating up Drew McIntyre. Which the faces cared about for reasons. For reasons. And that, that goes for to the thing, of course, reasons. Faces, although, yeah. although, like, if you really wanted to, like, you know, the New Day were there beating up the Seamus people, and that's who they're feuding with, and that's who was beating up Drew McIntyre. So, like, it kind of sort of makes it's sense, I guess. It's such a reach. It's very thin. And they didn't yeah. start selling it, like, at the beginning of the match. The big- well, they did. They did it twice. He didn't get away the first time. No, no, I'm saying time. from the beginning of the match, part of the storyline should have been the issues with the Lumberjacks. Oh, like, well, he was trying to get away the whole time, so I thought that they covered that okay. Just I, because it's Sami Zayn, Sami Zayn's going to find a way to get away. But no one likes Sami Zayn, and they sh- all should have been, they all should be hating. Well, that is true. Like, that's, that, part that, of, that is that's part true. of the issue, is that, that like... Is true. Nobody likes Why that. Why would any guy. of them help him? Uh, right. No uh, one really likes Drew McIntyre either. To be uh, fair. All right, all right, because uh, again, I got, I got, we got to pause. The show won't pause. I have to pause here in a second. Um, you, you gotta, you gotta just get to it with Lacey Evans at some point. It's, it's getting to be too much. You're going the opposite way. Like you're now. I almost want to root against her because I'm just sick of her talking about it. At some point, like when, when I, we when get I first, it. Yeah, when I first saw the promo, I said. You got to be real careful about this because this turns from inspirational to preachy really and, quickly, and overwhelming. And and it there they could these segments could not be longer. They just keep going, and what, you, you can tell they know because they go out of their way to make her say, "I'm not better than anyone, but nobody's better than me." At the end of every single one of these, patronizing. So can, yeah, so you can tell they're trying really hard to like. Say all this stuff, and then you can fix it at the end by saying, 
this. Right. <laughs> you know? Yep. It's it's too much. Um, and then I am Just have her wrestle, right? Just wrestle. Just come out and wrestle. Yeah. It'll be it'll yeah. fine. That would be better than this. I agree with that. It'd be better you've done you've you've done what you're gonna do. Just get to it already. And part of the problem being I just don't think there's really a there there. You know, like I I I think the the packages are what they have. I don't think they have a next step. I just think that they they keep they do this type of thing because like do you really think there's a there there with Veer right now? No. No. I mean like I just don't think they have anything. So it's just continued vamping because they have no idea what they're doing. Um and that's what it comes off with me with Lacey Evans. Okay, you've made your point. The point's been made. We get it. You're you're the the downer luck all all American girl and and God bless you're supposed it's over. There's nothing else you can say. Like you can't add to it anymore. You we we get it. We get it. You've made your point. Now let's get on to it. I am also not convinced that they can make Madcap Moss a relevant face. <laughs> I am I don't believe that can be done. Um, I think that he can be. I think, that, I think that that performer could if they change his character. Yes, I don't think Mad. You got to go Moss. away for a while. Yes, but that, that performer, I've actually been pretty. I agree. I think he's fine. I don't think yeah. this can work. I don't think no. this can work in any way. All right, uh, Brandon, you're gonna have to leave us. Uh, you want to get some plugs in? Sure, I will bid you adieu. Uh, we just announced the Electric Feels Dance Party, which is an indie rock, indie dance party, like all the stuff that was awesome in the early 2010s. Um, June 4th at 9.30. Uh, those tickets are on sale now. You can go to at Ramshead Live on Instagram, at Ramshead Live on Twitter, and RamsheadLive.com for all tickets and future show announcements. As always, I am at Brandon Linton on Twitter. All right, Aaron, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about NXT and AEW from this week. Um, as far as NXT is concerned, I don't know more of the same. Um, the the Joe Gacy stuff, I, I fine. Run as far as you want to run with it. Go dive as far as you want to dive with this thing. I don't know. It's not doing it for me, but maybe I'm on an island. It's... No, it, it's weird. It's not quite. I don't know what it is about it. it. It's just not, it doesn't feel like it should be. It's almost, remember when Bray Wyatt suddenly started to make that turn from just kind of generic cult leader to weird supernatural-ish thing? Right. And, and it didn't quite click. And I'm Well, I disagree with that. I, I actually completely disagree with that. That one always worked for me. You always had a bigger problem with it. Like, he, he was a cult leader and went to weird things. Joe Gacy, to this point, has only been, I don't know, a a guy <laughs> like there's yeah. been nothing about him that's involved superhuman or 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 any amount of sci-fi tricks that he can pull so i, I don't know whatever in an era of again continuing to just see what sticks sure go for it we assume that this is just a one-off thing anyway at their whatever the spring breaking whatever they're calling this thing <laughs> so i who the hell cares right <laughs> like exactly I, I'm in a weird. I hate saying that, but sure, why not? Um, does nothing for me. Um, glad you built up Tony D'Angelo to just have Von Wagner beat him. Glad you built up Tony D'Angelo like he was a thing to just substitute. Not only have Von Wagner beat him, but beat him in a match that wasn't announced. Beat him in a match that like had no stakes. Just beat him for the sake of beating him. That's definitely the guy that you should have been giving Tommaso Ciampa's last NXT win over. Or at least NXT lost to. 
you know, I found it strange enough when they were like, oh, we're having these two fail. I'm like, wait, aren't these both heels right now? Right. Then the it, it doesn't make any sense. You're right. No, no sense at all. Makes no sense. And and he's got goons, but those goons couldn't help him beat Von Wagner. So that's logical. Von, Von Wagner's the best, I guess. I it's Maybe Von Wagner should have beaten Tommaso Ciampa. Man, look, I I don't know. Um, uh, I had to- Lee, by the way, the Wesley promo is also very. It's not strange, but it's like they're acknowledging the Nash Carter thing without acknowledging the Nash Carter thing. And if you don't know about the Nash Carter thing, I don't know exactly what you're thinking right now, because it makes it sound like he died, basically. Um. Okay. I mean, but that's an awkward. That is awkward, though. It, it, I don't it's know. very awkward. It's very awkward. Yeah. Um, was I supposed to care about a net falling down at the end? <laughs> like, I'm not really sure what that was supposed to be. <laughs> it was super weird imagery. Like, oh, well, here's this net that's easy to get around. <laughs> I bet that really showed toxic attraction. They were minorly inconvenienced for a slight second. The whole women's division's really weird. Okay, but that's NXT a different. But that's a different conversation than a, a no, no, gimmick no, I mean, gone just like bad. The segments that they're doing is what I'm saying. Okay, but that's. I don't care who's doing it. It's a weird. Like I don't know what that was supposed to be. They threw a net down that didn't in any way trap them. It did nothing to slow. The, it. It was no. Literally, it was ah. Well, that's weird. Okay, well the net's off of us now. So I. It's just so bizarre as far as an image goes as to what you think is supposed to end the show. Like when you end the show with someone getting drenched in some sort of substance you understand why they'd be bothered by that they got to go clean it out on a human level you're like oh that is dastardly they dropped the net on them that they picked off of them in five seconds but come on they they sprayed silly string at them ah there is that there's 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 there's, which actually is really disappointing because i i thought that uh the match itself with uh roxy or roxanne perez um i i thought that was a great like showcase for her i uh excited about that um but. okay yeah i mean i is she in the tournament or not or are they like already elevating her so she's not in the tournament yeah i can't tell that or it's hard to tell. I, I know they, anna- they announced is? santino's daughter right yeah was... yeah i don't think she's officially in it i i think santino and uh, santino, santino's daughter and was the kind of high profile one of the group so far um that's okay um <laughs> I got nothing. You got anything else? Anything else you care about from NXT? For NXT, no. Okay, good. As far as AW is concerned this week, I don't really understand like why they've been hot shotting the TNT title. Yeah. I I I know they're in a weird spot because they had to pivot after the crowd started reacting a certain way, but you know, you didn't have to give the belt back to Sammy Guevara a week and a half ago and Guevara, Guevara, that's a new person. <laughs> you didn't have to give him the belt back a week and a half ago just to have him turn around and lose it. I don't really understand what the thought process is. It felt it that feels like a WWE gimmick where they did a show called Battle of the Belts and they felt like they had to have a title change, so they did this. And that's a bad gimmick. Like if <laughs> if if what you're doing has no staying power, then it's the same thing as what I talk about with all these battle royals. It, just don't do them. If you can't do something meaningful on a show like Battle of the Belts, then just don't do Battle of the Belts. Doing it for the sake of doing it, just to turn around and do something else a week and a half later, essentially tells me I don't need to watch Battle of the Belts. Yeah, the only thing... I, I had the same reaction where I was like, oh, really, this... The only thing I can think of is they thought it would be a better heel turn for him to win the title in the process, to to use the underhanded means 
to win the title and that it was more about just the heel turn rather than the actual title change. But I had the exact same here. The, the match itself was had good. some good spots. Yeah, I just thought it was a little yeah. clunky at times. It also felt weird that it was like you're using a title match to set up the mixed tag match. Yeah. In yep. essence, that so that whole thing, again, like good spots overall, but it just a lot of weirdness around it. Yeah, it was super weird. And well, you're also using it to set up. It's not just that you're using it to set up uh, mixed tag, but you're also using it to set up Frankie Kazarian. And like, don't get me wrong. I like Frankie Kazarian just fine. But why was any of this necessary over the last couple of weeks? Um, it and I and I can't tell how much of it was feeling the need to do something at Battle of the Belts versus the confusion about where they were going with Sammy Guevara and where they go from here. It, it Of course, you couldn't help but notice how less involved Dan Lambert was mm-hmm. this time around because it's until, clear. Until the very end of the night with when Kazarian came out, he gave you know those really glaring faces. So, Which is a fine tease, but it doesn't do any... It, 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 he didn't do anything that would detract from the double turn, right? right. Like, yeah. he he was there and kind of setting up what we talked about last week, which is this can't continue with Dan Lambert and Scorpio Sky. Right. Like, you're going to have to get Dan Lambert away from Scorpio Sky moving forward. We now know it's going to be Scorpio Sky that's going to have to be the face because he was the one that won the belt. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it. he didn't do anything to detract from what was happening with Sammy and Scorpio Sky, he could exist, and then they'll revisit the need to get him separated from it in the future. So uh, that part of it, I think, was functional and good. Again, it's just all clunky the way the last couple of weeks have gone. Yeah, I mean, I that was kind of my takeaway for this whole uh, AEW episode as well. It's like, you know, they, they're planting the seeds again, and you can see sort of where they're going. It felt, a lot of the stuff felt clunky, but the ends of the segment was like, okay, I see where we're, we might be going here. I see where we might be going here. And if they can nail all that, it's all, you know, well and good. But in the meantime, it, it feels a little clunky. Um, AEW saw what WWE was doing where they didn't want to have their champion involved. And they said, wow, we should try that too. We should give that a shot. I, I you know, I, I'm in a weird spot where I don't want CM Punk to beat Hangman Page, but they they almost at this point have to have CM Punk beat Hangman Page because they could not be yelling any louder about how tapped out they are on Hangman Page. Yeah, I mean, the only other option is to use this to give Page that boost to get him through to uh, All Out, where MJF, mm, um, that would be the only other option, but I'm kind of with you. It's like they're... You know, they announced the match, which, you know, okay, they announced the match, but everything they've done title-wise has been, other than obviously, you know, a couple weeks ago when he fought Cole, uh, you know, everything that has been has been about Punk. But it's, so, it's even weird. They did that on a, and they didn't they do that on a Friday show that had to be moved time-wise because of the playoffs, too? Was that on the one, the 7 o'clock ones? I can't remember I, if that I was I think it was. I think that was the 7 o'clock, if I remember correctly. Like Yeah, it, I, I think that's right now that you mention it. Like, they've just... Like there's just nothing there. Like it's it's nothing there. Look, could they do that to set up MJF? Yes, they could, but I, I think we both know that it'd be more likely that they would use CM Punk for the match with MJF because that's kind of unfinished since it took CM Punk cheating in order to beat MJF. Right. Um But of course we're, you know, MJF will be coming off of a pay per view loss, presumably. I that again, I'm gonna go back to that. He better not be like the, at some point, if you just keep having him lose, 
then he's not dastardly and he's not evil and he's not compelling. I like, understand that, but you also really need Wardlow to win this. If you, Otherwise, what are we doing here? But No, I disagree with that. What are we doing with Wardlow? Is Wardlow elevating himself to be in the title picture? Because if not, Wardlow can lose to MJF being evil and dastardly. And since he got over every week in the, the build-up to it, Fair. since yeah. he literally got over it every turn, he'll come out of it still being big and strong and looking like he does. There is way more damage to having MJF lose this match. I mean, I, it, I don't disagree, but you know everything says that they're putting the rocket boosters on Wardlow. Um, it's a little weird that they're just redoing the the Trials of Jericho thing. Yeah, by the way, it's weird. Well, You're not wrong. Like it, it was one thing when they were just you know okay have him do different things. I was like okay, but when they're literally redoing the Trials of Jericho, it's strange to do it. Like I mean, what was it eight months ago? Uh, was it even? <laughs> I mean, yeah, like like it was leading up to the to uh, all out. So yeah, you know, August uh, or whatever. Yeah, okay. I, for some reason, it feels like it wasn't even that long ago. Um, I hear you. Look, I, you know, and I don't even remember what it, what is his name. Kaz NX. What's his name now? W Morrissey is what he's going by. Oh, in in Impact, Impact right? Yes. Yeah. But what does he go by on the? Does is that what he goes by when he does? I think I thought I think he, that's what he's going by. I overall. thought he was. I thought on at one point he was Kaz XL. Yes, on the I indies. Feel like, overall but if, but if he does an like indie him. now, he goes by W Morrissey too. I, I I don't know that for sure. I okay. believe that's the case. But. I just felt like by doing the you can't teach that that they were trying to lane into Cass. like, and so I figured he was that and not W Morrissey when he I mean they up they might week. announce him as that. But, you know, I don't know exactly. Yeah, I don't, I don't know either. I don't even know what the relationship is with Impact anymore. Because that was a, I don't know if you remember, that was a really big deal. That was a massive thing. And I have no idea if it's even still a thing at this <laughs> point. Because of, I mean, he's still around. He was on their last paper. No, no, no. I'm not, I'm not talking about W. Morrissey. I'm talking about between AEW and Impact. Oh, right. When oh, AEW no, announced. That, that's not a, really a thing anymore. Yes, that's really over. So I don't, I don't know how this works with him showing up there next week. Like, I have no idea if. Like they they are acknowledging Impact's existence, or that's dead, and so they can call him whatever the hell they want to call him. Lord knows, I have no clue how any of this works. Um, I I, I will say this: um, I didn't particularly love the the Jericho and uh, Jericho segment, but again, this is one of those things I didn't particularly love the segment. But if this is leading to you know, bringing up that it's five on three, and if this leads to Homicide and Hernandez coming, and it's the full LAX, that will be fun at least. Yeah, sure. I mean, it's the, the but what 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 is that for? Is that for blood and gut? We talked about that before. I think that's for blood and guts. Yeah, I I, I, I mean, it, it could be anything. It could be. The, I mean, a street fight if you're doing LAX would make a lot of sense. But yeah, yes. I mean, the, I, some big gimmick match. We just don't know which. Okay, and. There was boy, I hate doing this to Jim Ross. I I can't believe he did the bit about Sheeta being Americanized. I can't believe. And I and I moreover can't believe that the rest of them at the table didn't say, What are we doing here? Like what what is what is this? And just change the topic as quickly as they possibly could. Um We've all noticed that Sheeta's look has changed. And, I mean, she's definitely a bit more sexualized now and all that. That alone is fine. Yeah. Leaning into the idea that it's somehow better that she is more American than when her character was more Japanese is 
a flaming pile of dog ass. That it's somehow an improvement for her because of that is gross AF. That stinks. And I don't know if that was just Jim Ross going off script or if it was them saying, hey, we want you to talk about how different her character is and that's the wording that they came up with for. It was bad. It was also bad to have Serena Deep. Like, the only thing that's valuable from that match is that Sheeta is this new character and she can get a big win. To I have no idea what they think Serena Deeb is. It is so confusing to me how they think that Serena Deeb is a really big deal and they constantly give us more Serena Deeb. There's nothing wrong with her. She's fine in every way, but there is a cap to what Serena Deeb is as an AEW star. Sheeta, there doesn't have to be a cap. So I was weirded by the fact they gave her a win, but I was grossed out by the way they were talking about it. I, I'm going to work under the assumption that it was largely Jim Ross there. I Maybe it was like someone told, hey, focus on her changes, and he kind of took that a little bit too far. That's going to be my assumption right now. But yes, it, it was really, really bad. Um, I had a lot of issues with the announcing this weekend, and not necessarily specifically, but something like, uh, I like the idea of Wardlow coming out to to the silence because you can get the Wardlow chant going and that makes for cool. And they're just talking over it the entire thing. The the announcing I thought has gone downhill over the past couple months. Well, I AEW. think I think it's also been hurt by like again the number of moving parts that are involved with everything. Yeah. I mean this is it, it, which again is part of the the nature of AEW is how many moving parts there are. But Oof. that one. It, and and I again I hear you. I want to just say, hey, it's Jim Ross, and Jim Ross is an old man, and Jim Ross makes mistakes. But yeah. and there's, yeah. there's 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 such an opportunity to just say, well, that's not okay. We need to change the subject quickly, and no one did. And that's the part that makes me concerned. That like, it ain't just Jim Ross saying something stupid. It's that hey, we need to talk about this and nobody realizes how problematic it is to try to pretend like it's somehow better that Sheeta is American now and not Japanese. Like, yeah. what in the flying F? That that can't fly. All right, Aaron, I know you're really fired up. All you've been talking to me about is, hey, did you hear Defy's got a free broadcast? Did you hear about it? Did you hear about it? It's all you've been saying for the last couple of days. And so I'm going to let you run this one because I know you are super fired up about this event. No, this one. Obviously, we love uh, Defy here. We love Migs. We love uh, Matt and Jim. Wait, wait, wait. Did you say we love Migs? We have a love-hate relationship. Yeah, you don't need need to lie. We don't need (laughs) to just say things. Yeah, you know, he's family. He's he's that, you know, awkward cousin. Exactly. We have to love him. Um, but, you know, we, we love Defy around here. I got a chance to go out to Defy a few years ago. I raved about that show on here. And it was funny, uh, at that show, there were a number of great matches, a number of great competitors. Jeff Cobb was on that show. Matt Cross was on that show. Allie, Brody King. And as I was watching that show, there was this one triple threat match. And I didn't really know any of the competitors. There was a lot of local competitors. And one person comes out, Classic, classic Cody Chung. And the crowd just absolutely loses their mind. I asked Miggs about that after, and it was a great match. I asked Miggs about it, and, and he explains, because he's a local guy, a young kid who's working his way up. And I'm like, you know, I should keep an eye on him. And then he starts popping up everywhere. He's had matches with Jeff Cobb, Brody King, 
Helco and Jack Evans on it. He's been on AEW Dark a number of times. He had a Ring of Honor championship match a couple of months ago against Jonathan Gresham. He beat Darby Allen, by the way, a couple of years ago, and now has a chance to uh, face the Bollywood Boys on that Defy Wild Ones, uh, the Pluto TV, their first ever live stream of a Defy show. So I'm uh, really excited to have Cody here. Hey, thank you for having me. Thanks for making me sound really good right there. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, though, uh, you got to face the Bollywood boys for the Defy Tag Championship. How, how excited are you for this match? And again, in front of this live TV audience. It, beyond excited. There's always like a crazy amount of hype going into the Defy shows. And like people know it's gonna, always going to be a great show. But now that we're on live and people can like watch us from anywhere. Like, you can really feel, like, the energy. And we've been, like, begging for years, like, we need to put Defy live somewhere. Like, people have to feel this. And now now we are going live, and we got a title match. Oh, it's going to be crazy. Cody, the we, you know, we have talked a lot about the atmosphere. And Defy, unlike some indies, has only been around for a few years, right? Like, this isn't, uh, you know, promotion that existed a decade ago, you know, at this point, mm-hmm. right? Um, can you explain what the energy is like and just how crazy it's been for you to watch the way that Defy has gone from literally non-existent to suddenly one of the most prominent indies in the entire country? Yeah, it's insane. A lot of that, I believe, goes to the Defiance. Because from the show one, people like made themselves known. It's like, oh, these guys are loud. They get excited. It's crazy. A lot of wrestlers will come up to like Guillermo and I because like we're like the local guys and they're like they always say like you don't know how great you got it here, like wrestling here almost monthly if you are on the show. Like the crowds here is insane. And the defiance will tell you that too. They know for sure. You know, especially for a big show, like obviously you guys have had big shows. This might be your biggest at Defy, but for you, for Guillermo as like you guys are the homegrown Defy talent. You guys are the mm-hmm. locals. You've been in Seattle. You've grown up seeing, you know, not really having a scene, having Defy. Just what's it been like to to really be the flag bearers for, you know, almost the Pacific Northwest, but definitely Defy? Uh, I, I don't know if I call myself one of the flag bearers, but it's been great. Like, a lot of times people speak about the Pacific Northwest, like, was a black hole for wrestling. But now recently, everyone's talking about the Pacific Northwest and how we're like one of the places to be in the country, which is cool. And I feel like Defy also helps a lot with that. And like if when Guillermo and I travel, they go, oh, you guys are from Defy. You guys are from here. I'm like, wow. yeah, that's us. Wow. But, you know, it's pretty cool. I'm just very thankful to be a part of it because I think I got like I got in at the right time. And luckily, I've been staying on the shows, thankfully. Even though I'd be losing, but <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's you know that that'll that'll come out in the wash. That's gonna happen. <laughs> Cody Chun is with us. Um, was there a moment, Cody, where you realized, like, where you walked out and you're like, "Holy crap, this is real. There's something. This isn't just what I'm doing because I want to be a wrestler. Like, this is a oh. real, living, breathing thing that I get to be a part of." Do you remember one moment that stands out the most to you? Yeah. Other than like my one of the first divide, to survive matches that I was in, I think the moment that really I was like, wow, this is something was when I wrestled with Christopher Daniels night two of the tournament. Yeah. It was like the first match. It was in like August, I think, and it was hot as hell in that building. But that was the one time I couldn't hear like myself 
speak to myself. I couldn't hear my my own voice because it was so loud. And I was like, this is so loud and this is something special. Like this this night right here, this is it. I couldn't hear myself talk. I couldn't hear the ref. I couldn't hear people. Like it was just so loud. That that was a crazy moment. That's when I knew like, whoa, this is something. <laughs> Uh, obviously, a couple months ago, uh, Jonathan Gresham came up. You got the Ring of Honor title match. Could you have ever imagined, you know, you're 24 years old right now, getting a Ring of Honor title match. And, uh, you know, as it turns out, one of the last Ring of Honor title matches before, um, you know, it, it became part of AEW. Like, what did that match mean to you? Like, what was just kind of your thought process going through all of that? It was insane. So when I was told I was going to challenge Jonathan Gresham for the title, I was pretty shocked. Because I think he is probably top five best in the world right now, and uh, to be to be able to to wrestle him, that was insane in front of Seattle, like in front of Washington Hall, like like that's a pretty crazy moment for me. So I, and that was my first match coming back from Atlanta. So like I haven't wrestled at all in Atlanta other than like training every day. So I was like, wow, this is really the time to test myself and see what I can really do. And we, you know, we wrestled like 20 minutes and that was like, I was like, wow, that was a lot of fun, but I lost. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you mentioned Atlanta there and, and you spent time at the Nightmare Factory. Obviously you've been on uh, AEW Dark a, a bunch of times. Just what, what is that? What was that uh, experience like for you? It was great. Because um, during the, the pandemic, there wasn't a lot of training going on over here. And then we started to get some shows back, but then... I was really worried, like, we might enter another lockdown. So I was like, and then I found out about the Nightmare Factory, and it's a three-month program. I was like, why not take a shot and just go do it and give it a chance? Because no one's going to come find you if I'm just, if you're just sitting on the couch, you know what I mean? You got to put yourself out there. So I told Guillermo, I said, do you want to do it? And Guillermo like, yeah, let's do it. We went down there, got an Airbnb for three months, and just five days a week, we were just training, like weightlifting, and then in ring, we were there pretty much all day, every day. In the weekends, we were just like sitting on the couch, can't move, like tired. Wow. <laughs> just like so beat up. But it was worth it. I had a great time. Cody, was that like, it, it, and I say this, obviously you are a pro wrestler, right? But there's a there's maybe a difference between someone who's able to make their living doing nothing but pro wrestling, right? And, mm-hmm. and someone who's trying to, did that experience make you feel like, Again, I, I don't use the phrase. Did that make you feel like a pro? Like, this is who I am. Like, this yeah. is, is my job. This is what I'm doing for the rest of my life. 100%. Like, that three months, because I saved up a lot of money at my job in Seattle. So I knew I was going to be there for three months. But I was like, wow, we just wake up, eat, go, go to school, go to the gym, like, go to class, come back home and eat. You know, and like watch wrestling. That's all we did was like watch wrestling all day and like see what matches we could watch. But like, I was like, this is the life, you know, (laughs) I would love to do this full time. And I'm trying to, you know, I was like, just wake up, eat my meals, work out, watch wrestling, go to training. That's pretty much it. And I loved it. What was there anything you picked up there in particular that you, you know, maybe it's a person you worked with or something you saw or, or some, you know, something you did that you really will uh, take from that time? Mm. A big thing was listening to like Coach Cody or Coach QT really talk about promos because 
you know, they told me, they're like, Cody, your promos, you sound like you're uh, reading the news off of the screen, like a teleprompt. They're like, there's like no emotion to your promos. There's no, I was like, wow. I was like, you're right. So like we kept doing promos and, uh, throughout the course of the training. And I feel like, I feel like my promos, I kind of get it there. I do need to practice some more, but that's something that really like hit me on the head and like shattered the glass. I was like, wow, the promos are a big part of wrestling just as much as the wrestling is. You know, it's so funny. You say, like, do you spend as much time? Obviously, you got to be in the gym. You got to be working out. You got to be staying in shape, right? People are going to see you in your underpants for most of the, you know, like, you, yeah. you, you got to look right. But, like, do you find yourself almost treating promo training in a similar way? Like, do you find yourself, as you're maybe talking to your friends or your family, like trying to cut promos in conversation just to improve that part of, of, of what it is that you're doing? <laughs> Never in front of, like, my regular friends or family. Maybe in front of my wrestling friends, yeah, but most of the times I'll practice my promos or my voice or like my antics, like when I'm driving by myself okay. in traffic. I was waiting for you to or, say in the shower, yeah. Cody. I was waiting to hear you. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's also it. the shower in front of the mirror. Yeah, <laughs> definitely, definitely that place too. You got it. You got a neighbor like who is this psychopath? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who the hell is this guy? And what do we do about? Him? You're like, no, it's for my job. I promise. It's yeah, like, but what kind of job you got? Right. Like, long story. You know, I was I was reading an article about you, and it says um, your parents came to the U.S. after escaping the Cambodian uh, genocide, and then they uh, yeah. came to the U.S. Um, you know, how important is that to you to, to connect that, to bring that to wrestling, just and, and everything else uh, in your life? Oh, it's super important. Now that like, at first, I just kind of I wore like the Cambodian like the anchor Wat on my tights or Cambodian colors just because I was Cambodian. But then when I did the AEW dark in 2020, that match, that tag match I had against the, uh, and Helico and Jack Evans, it blew up in Cambodia. Like somehow wow. like Cambodia got a hold of that match and wow. it blew up. And then they got, they found the Ricky Starks match that I did the next week and it blew up. And then I had like tons of Cambodian followers. And then that's when I realized like, okay, I'm not just a person from Seattle. Like, there's people in Cambodia who really want to know who I am or want me to represent them. And now I really want to do more things with wrestling in Cambodia. Like, I would love to go there and just, like, scout around. Eventually, like, one day, I would love to have a wrestling show in Cambodia. Like, once a year, big show. So I think it's, like, super important that, like, I, like, bring my culture to wrestling and most of the time, people would see my gear and be like, I know you're Cambodian. I'm like, how? Like, I saw your pants. Wow. I was like, perfect. Wow. You know, like, yeah, I'm, I want to. There's not many Southeast Asian wrestlers that I know in wrestling. There's maybe like five, including me. So, I, but I feel like there's more out there just not yet discovered. And there's probably a lot of them in Cambodia who maybe they want to start wrestling, you know? Probably not because of me, but. Maybe they just... No, that's a big deal, dude. The, you, you're kind of underselling that, man. Like you're, <laughs> you're, you're carrying. I, I can only imagine the weight that that you know comes with that knowing that that for a lot of people, you're like their hope. You know, like they are, they're riding with you. They want to see you succeed, and so I know you yeah. want to succeed on your own. Like I understand yeah. that, but there's got to be an additional amount of weight that comes with that. That like, hey, I do want to do it for me, but I also want to do it for all of these people who clearly care about me. Mm -hmm. So I feel like if we can just, I don't know, somehow I would love to run a show in Cambodia oh, or like, 
at least go there because I know there's some shows or I, I think I saw a clip, one wrestling clip of wrestling in Cambodia and I tweeted it and I was like, wherever this is, like, let me know where it is and I'll go there. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That That'd actually, be fun to do. you know, and we always do this. It kind of takes out half of the question that we normally give. We normally mm-hmm. give everybody this. Everybody we talk to, we always say, all right, we need the one dream match, the the where and who. And so I feel like the where we're going to have to go ahead and cross off the list because I think you already have told us <laughs> what the where would be. So yeah. you're booking this big show in Cambodia that you get to headline, that you've managed to put together a couple mm. years down the road. And the main event is Cody Chun against. Mm. <laughs> whoever the. Whoever no, the no, 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 no. You can, you can pick anybody there's, from any there's, company. There's got, yeah, Contracts any, don't matter. There's got to be one like dream match that you say, I have to have this because of, of who you've loved, who's meant something to you, anything like that. Okay, I'd pick Okada. Oh, I gotta wrestle Okada. I mean, <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. But yeah. What a terrible answer that is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would kick ass. That would be incredible. One day, one day, I gotta go to the country a few more times and scope out some spots and all that. But. So, so this weekend, obviously, Defy Wild ones. It's on Pluto TV. Planning anything special for it? Obviously, you have the big tag match. Have you thought of anything just because this is, you know, your first time on live TV? Obviously, you did the AEW Dark stuff before, but in Defy, anything special planned? Anything special planned off the top of my head? I'm not sure. Me and Guillermo have to connect. You know, we still got two more days to think of something. But other than... Anything special? Our main goal is to just win those tag belts on live Pluto TV in front of Seattle. I watched it in the hall. Like the energy would blow the roof off the place. That'll be cool. That'll be yeah. Cool. All right, Defy Wild Ones again. Aaron, remind everybody it's Pluto TV and it's free. Correct? I am right about it, that. It is free. You go to Pluto TV. You find the uh, I believe it's the Fight Channel. It's down. I believe it's five eighty four. I'll look that up as soon as we uh, get off here and uh, tell everybody, but you find that, it'll be right there. They show old wrestling all the time. This time they'll be showing live That's TV, awesome. Defy, it'll have yeah. Moxley, it'll have Daniels, it'll have Swerve. Big Damo, Swerve. It's just like the who's who of wrestling. Yeah. Day. Nick Wayne. God, it's unreal. Yeah, Nick Wayne's yeah. unreal, by the way. Like, how is that unreal. How is that possible, right? Like, do you ever look unreal. at that kid just like, what? how can this be a thing? Every week in training, I'm like, what the, how... This is crazy. Right? Like, what am I even Every looking week. at, man? It is so cool. Hey, Cody, what can we plug for you? Um, Twitter, Instagram, T-shirts, anything. What can we get plugs in for? Cool. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. It's all Classic Chun. Classic just spelled the classic way. And then Chun is C-H-H-U-N. Um, that's where I post most of my stuff. I don't have a, any uh, store for shirts yet. I got to get that fixed. But for now, just classic China on all my socials. Good deal. Hey, Cody, man, congratulations on everything you've already done and, and the role that you had with um, making Defy what it is today. We can't wait to see um, this show on Pluto TV, and we can't wait to see what's next for you. And one day, you're going to be headlining that massive show in Cambodia against Okada, <laughs> and we're going to be like, we knew that. We knew it. We knew it was going to yeah. happen. 
Hey, Cody, appreciate you taking the time for us this week, man. Best of luck moving forward, and we'll be in touch, all right? Thank you for having me on. Thank you. Good stuff. Thank you to Cody Chun for checking in with us. Um, Aaron, I know you're going to be watching pantslessly uh, on Saturday night, correct? Absolutely. I mean, look, our our boy Miggs, I love, hate Miggs, and uh, he's got his biggest match of his career. We got, you know, Moxley versus Lawler. You got Wayne and swerve and shaft i think in a six-man tag match it's a pretty ridiculous card top to bottom channel 732 on pluto tv pro wrestling channel very cool very cool congratulations to our friends out at defy that's an awesome thing all right anything else you want to do uh, touch on this week i don't think so i think we can uh, go and hopefully have a little more to talk about next week yeah are we, are we, next we're still two weeks out of the pay-per-view at this point yeah yeah next week will be the go home shows i would say that wait wait so okay so we're not two weeks out we're one week it's it's a week yeah yeah yeah. next week i believe i think it's the the eighth right picks are next week is what you're saying yeah pick okay good so we have picks yeah we'll have picks you know i would say that i would i would say that means that aj is involved but i think he's really just a football analyst now i don't think he really knows anything about pro wrestling anymore draft analyst and esports expert i think that's what he's into uh, all right. Uh, follow him, by the way, on all socials at AJ Francis 410. Aaron, get your plugs in. Uh, of course, follow me on Twitter at DA Oster. And uh, all weekend, we'll be doing a lot of draft coverage on VEASAN. So check that out. All right. At Glenn Clark Radio, glennclarkradio.com for me, for Brandon, for Aaron, and for the main event. Vent. 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 AJ Francis, I'm Glenn Clark. This is Ben Jobbing Out. Jobbing Out! The final number was 31. 31 texts to make this show possible.